Hello and welcome to the Over Under Achievers, the only podcast in the world talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Max McCoy. Joining me as always, wasn't very active at the trade deadline. It's Jason Waterfalls. Why was that? Good trade deadline. No? Very, very good. You just, I didn't see much Texans action, your favorite team that you've maintained nope. for years now. Nope. I, and I just, uh, you know, it was like, it was a good trade deadline, but I wanted like one big boy to go somewhere. And Bradley Chubb's not a big boy to me. So I don't count that. You know what I mean? What about Raquan Smith? Not a big boy to me. Not a big boy. You've been playing for the Bears. I just don't, I just don't care. You know, it, that was maybe the most perfect trade for him to go to the Ravens. It almost felt like the Ravens and Bears were like, I don't know that we even want to do this, but we have to do this. We have to get this guy on our team. He just fits. It's perfect. He has to be here. The Ravens definitely wanted to do it. The Bears were like, I, I, exactly what you're saying. And the Ravens were like, it's inevitable. We have to. I did see one headline that, that's like the Bears GM. I think it's Ryan Poles. I might just be making that name up. They're like, this is his Trubisky moment. And I was like, I just don't think that's true. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And that doesn't sound like a positive. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But kudos to them for really being like, Justin Fields, you're having success. What? We're going to trade more stuff and make sure you have less success because we are masochists for you. So it's, you know, it's just a little tough. The Colts and the Bills made a trade. Naheem Hines. I like so, that. I actually did like that trade. Yeah, my son really liked that trade because he just like he did a flip once in the end zone. So Ro thinks he's like the greatest player in the world, and I'm like, it, man, he really didn't see the field. He's like, I don't care. You're stupid and old. He's I don't great. know why he doesn't see the field more because he's good out of the backfield and he's good re- uh, receiving. So does feel like the kind of guy who's like blocking assignments optional. We'll that, we'll we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's more of a wide receiver because that makes sense. Now uh, Frank Reich throwing Marcus Brady under the bus uh, and getting him fired. How's that playing in Indianapolis? Is that like um, Frank had to do it or that's his stay of execution? It's yeah. I mean, the, the, the death scene is marked off with yellow tape. It's just a matter of waiting to do a chalk outline around the body. But this is, this is the, you know, that last ditch effort. Um, Brady just clearly could not call the right place for Sam Ellinger, you know? So you got a unique, you got an incredible, once in a generation talent back there at quarterback, you have to know how to call plays for that. You got an offensive dynamo. You got to give them dynamo things to do. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. A lot to get to uh, in this week's episode. Um, but Jason, before we do that, I just want to check in with you. How are we doing? How are you feeling? You know, I got to tell you, um, the audio that's coming up from our dear, dear friend, Andre, regarding the Tennessee-Georgia game is just remarkable. And I'm just very, very excited for Saturday. And I'm wondering, Knox, I've always been an NFL guy. Mm -hmm. College football has been great the last couple of years. Is it just because we're invested in Georgia and now this Tennessee thing is fun? I'm not saying I'm invested in the Vols, but it's been fun and I'm invested in Hendon Hooker. But Saturday seems more fun than Sunday the last couple of years that we've been doing this podcast. Is it just me? No, it's not just you. And I think think you're exactly right. And I think it's... um... It's been a slow progression for the last three, four years, whereas the NFL has gotten slowly a little less interesting, just a little bit more, I don't know what the word is, like austere, just so like, honestly, some of these games are hard for me to watch. Like that Packers-Bills game, I was like, I just, I don't really care about this and I don't want to subject myself to it. Whereas college, it, yeah, there's more action on it, but there's actually like more action in the field too. It just feels like a more fun watching experience. I find myself much more giving myself over Saturdays than uh, even remotely thinking about it on Sundays. I think you're exactly right. But yeah, and so we, I like that Packers bills game, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's games like that, that 
it started to look really bad really quickly, and then Rodgers came back. But then you have to be invested the entire time, whereas no. some of these college games, anything could happen at any minute. You know, it's more exciting that way. You know what? You know what part of it is to me. I think I've I do believe as someone who does search the crowd for interesting things in Serena Cobras, I do think the crowd gives me a more interesting uh, tableau of opportunity. Whereas the NFL games, it feels like uh, forty to fifty year old men probably dressed in ways and and celebrating in ways that they shouldn't, and that makes me feel sad. And I think that's just like a very uh, a subtle, understated way that I think college is beating the NFL right now. Also, I, I get upset when I see Josh Allen doing razor commercials, but he's never got a clean shaven face except for the razor commercials. <laughs> and that just I'm just saying like I expect him to use that, but it just feels weird to me. It feels disingenuous, you know. I definitely agree. And I, I mean, I don't know any people that would read ads and then not back them up all the time. You know, that's it's, just hypo- not- it's the height of hypocrisy, the height <laughs> of hypocrisy to me. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead. Let's do, you know, obviously we're getting into Georgia and Tennessee and uh, Andre's uh, uh, audio that he spot. We tried to get Andre here. Um, he unfortunately was heading to Athens a little early uh, this week, so we couldn't make recording schedules uh, line up, but he did give us some audio that we'll play in a little bit. Before we get there, um, let's hit some quick news items. First up, Brian Harson. Finally out at Auburn. Um, this Are you an was Auburn the, fan? No, no. Again, you, again. Everyone, you love everyone, them. You everyone love tries to put them. me in a box. Everyone tries to put me in a fan box. So I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person. I'm a win baby. I'm a person of opportunity. I do see Auburn as a, um, I'm drawn to chaos, right? I'm drawn to uh, fires, car wrecks, um, movies about the apocalypse. These are interesting things to me. Auburn is all of those, maybe in one, maybe in one package, one succinct over and over and over again, <laughs> car wreck package. Yeah. So, uh, I know it's, it's not even, you know, like when I, ch- uh, when I check Twitter, I just know m- my feed's going to have stuff in it. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to have stuff. Sometimes when I check websites, they haven't updated. Auburn's always going to have something weird going on. And, you know, not that Brian Harsey getting fired is weird. Them doing it now was a little unexpected, but, um, I think now there's a vacuum of opportunity that I'm really interested in. Um, were you surprised to see him fired this early into the season? No, Auburn just, hey, we're not going to win a national championship. New coach. It's just, I don't know if he's a good coach or a bad coach. It's just, it's it's kind of Auburn. At, at some point, it's not all the coaches. No, yeah. It, it's <laughs> What's the, the the quote on Justified? If you run into a a-hole in the morning, you ran into an a-hole. If you run into an a-hole all day, you're the a-hole. Yeah. And it feels like Auburn's the a-hole. And I think Brian Harsel will do fine. I did, reading like the behind the scenes of like how it kind of crumbled, I did like that him and Derek Mason exchanged words. And Derek Mason was like, hey, I've been a head coach a lot longer than you have. And Brian Harsel was like, at Vanderbilt? No, thank you, sir. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. I wish him luck, but I'm more excited about the opportunity here because the question I want to ask was, do you think they fill this with a legit person, like a, a legit personality, or do you think they have to go maybe second tier prospect, like a unproven, but up and coming kind of coach? Do you know who the number one name out there right now is? I, you know, I, I, for Are the you taking bit, I can act like or? I don't. For the bit, okay. I can act like I don't. No, 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 I know. no, no. Oh, I know. I know 100% it's Lane Kiffin. He's out there. No, 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 no. Deion Sanders. Yeah, but that's not real. Like, that's for babies, right? Maybe it is real. Do you think, okay, uh, I was talking to my dad about this this weekend. Do you think, I think, see, I think Deion is actually a good coach because I think he, it's not like he just, Herman Edwards kind of rolled into Arizona State and he's like, I'm going to run a program. I didn't even know we were called the Devils. That's problematic (laughs) for me. I think that's one aspect of like, you just put like a figurehead in. I think Deion actually has coached at the high school level. He's coached at the small college level. Like, he knows how to run a program. 
does he need to go to a power five conference? I don't think he does. And I don't think he should. And I don't think he will. I don't but think it he would needs be. to, but I no. think that he's going to. If you're Auburn, why not take this swing? I don't get the lane thing, to be completely honest. I didn't mean to be dismissive of that. It's just not who I was talking about at the time. Sure. I don't, if I'm lane, I would absolutely 100% stay at Mississippi over going to Auburn. I don't care what the number is for money. It could be a billion dollars, and I would stay at Mississippi if I was Lane. I I just can't, not to make this about Lane, but I just can't shake the feeling that he feels like he is with a Nashville 6, and he knows he can get a New York 12. You know what I mean? And that's no <laughs> It's not Auburn. I, I, no, but I think he is. He has stars in his eyes, and I think it's not necessarily Auburn, but it's the opportunity to make Auburn work and make Auburn work against Alabama. I think that's what he's do like, think, ooh, Laney likey. Yeah, I agree. I think Lane's going to move. I just, if it's Auburn, I think my respect for Lane, not literally, but like my sports respect for Lane is going to go down a little bit. There's other moves. Like I can see Lane being the next coach at Texas, you know, okay. something like that. Like yeah. at, at Notre Dame takes a swing on him. There's no chance Lane goes to Notre Dame, but wow. you know, something like that. Like, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's just not freaking Auburn. Sorry, Craig. Right? Like, it's just not Auburn. What would be weirder, Lane at Auburn or Dion at Auburn? I'm sorry, Lane, Lane at Notre Dame or Dion at Notre Dame? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't. It would, I, think, I think it would be Lane. Lane would I think it would be Lane. I yeah, really do think it would be Lane. But I, the, See, the question for me is, it's not will people – um, will Auburn choose these people? It's will these people choose Auburn? Right. Because I just think you're looking, you have to be a pretty delusional person. Uh, and uh, the person who I keep coming back to, who is reportedly so hungry to get back in the SEC, he will do whatever it takes. It's Hugh Freeze. I think it's Hugh Freeze. And I think he's like, I'll do, I'll do Auburn. I'll do Auburn right now. Let's go. Even though he has the cushiest of cushy gigs at Liberty. I think, he, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter. And I think he's going to be an even better recruiter when he can actually use the money that he was paying under the table to yeah. get people there. So like, this is a match made in heaven. I would be surprised if it's not Hugh Freeze. I would be very surprised if it was Lane. So I, I like your Hugh Freeze. I think that that's probably, I don't know the odds on that uh, for the next Auburn head coach, but uh, Hugh Freeze has got to be way up there. I, I would imagine. Got to be. Got to be. Um, so let, uh, let's stay on coaching here for a second, and let's talk about Steve Nash uh, being defenestrated out of Brooklyn, and uh, reportedly Ime Adoka, depending on when people listen to this, he might already be the coach, or uh, it might be uh, in the process of happening. <sighs> okay, what were you more surprised about? Well, no, I know the answer to that. It's the Ime Adoka uh, Doka, uh, connection to Brooklyn. Were you uh, surprised that Nash got fired this quick, or were you surprised that there hasn't been as much blowback at the Nets probably hiring a guy who we still don't quite know what happened and the extent of his misdeeds. Meaning Ime Adoka, not yeah, Steve, not right. Steve Nash. That's right. Uh, yeah, because Ime, even yeah. the hiring of Steve Nash was also kind of weird in several ways. But we've seen several ex-players with no coaching experience get opportunities. And Nash was behind the scenes with, uh, you know, as a consultant for, I think, the Lakers, the maybe the Clippers, but definitely the Warriors. Uh, this this email thing is very weird, and the fact that nothing has leaked on what actually happened, and the fact that the Celtics are just letting him go for free—I don't allegedly, allegedly for what I'm about to say—did he sleep with Brad Stevens' wife? Like this wow. is hmm. this is crazy. It couldn't have just been like 
you know, one of the Usher's wives or something like, sure. What the heck is going on here? And I, not I Usher Raymond. You're talking about Usher's in the seats, but also Usher. I don't know how their stance on Usher Raymond. So is he married? Good for him. I'm happy That's, for that. Did we talk about this? I think I talked to Jamie about this. His son is at, is in, at school with Roe. Like the no. same school. And like there's whispers among the students like, that's Usher's son. That's Usher's son. So I was like, you have to find out. And I have to know who this child is because I'm uh, I'm so interested. But I, I tell, tell Roe to get in a dance battle with him. Then that'll really just solidify the friendship. There is on an infinite spectrum. There's zero percent chance of that ever happening. <laughs> ever. You know, I still, I I still make I still maintain Justin Timberlake is a better dancer than Usher. But, you know, wow, that are. is that. Can you hold that and actually <laughs> submit that? For the next flavor town, because I don't know where you're going to get, but it's going to be plush real estate. I can promise you that right now. <laughs> um, I, yeah, like from what I can, you know, when I talk to my sources, JK, um, from what I can cobble together by what everyone's not saying, I think there is a, uh, there's an organizational consensus on Ime is not coming back and he's not going to coach. And there's also an organizational consensus on um, to give any oxygen to the story would be to um, subject the young lady who is involved to some really terrible stuff. So we're just not going to say anything about it and we're going to cut ties with him. We're not even going to ask for compensation. We're just going to move on from this and accept the gift that the Nets have given them, which I, it, it truly is a gift. I think he's obviously a good coach. I don't know the extent of what he did and how we should feel about it. But even still, I feel like he, it's not going to work. In Brooklyn, because of Kyrie Irving, because of Ben Simmons, uh, and because of Kevin Durant, and the discontent, and nobody plays defense, it's just going to be a problem. And now let's add another distraction onto this problem. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I, I will say, I don't want this person, lady's name out there. I don't want to drag through the mud. All that, I'm dead serious about that. That being said, and I'm not trying to downplay what I just said. But this is the weirdest situation because these teams on these major sports run as businesses Mm -hmm. and they are cutthroat and they don't care about one lady's name, one woman's name being drugged through the mud. They care about compensation. They care about opportunity. They care about dollars, right? Like for this to be going down like this, I think should be getting way more attention than it is. But Overall, I'm glad that it's not, let's move on, blah, blah, blah. But it is a very, very weird situation in 2022 that it's not getting exposed and that he is just getting released from the team, if you will, for no compensation and then going to go and coach a competitor that has superstars on it. Now, all the way on the net side, I don't blame Steve Nash. He put a thing out there on Instagram. He was just like, yep, is amicable. And there's jokes online like, hey, you're fired. And Steve was like, thank you. I'll take it. You know, like he didn't want to quit, obviously. But I don't understand how it got to this point in the season, regardless of if they're good or not as the Nets. But this this being at this point in the season, just do this in the offseason. Something had to be boiling up with all the Kevin Durant stuff. Because if they did an offseason, then Kevin Durant runs a team. And if you're just Sire Sean Marks... You can't let Kevin Durant run the team. I don't know what the difference is, the mitigation of like eight games in the season. We did what you wanted us to do instead of going into the season. It feels like peanuts, but I, I, I just think I've never seen a team and an organization run so heavily on bad vibes and it it'd be reflected in the product. It is just ridiculous. And I, I, I would, I think I would probably like to ask over under one and a half physical altercations between Ime Adoka and any members of the Nets, probably over. Kyrie Irving. I would take I would take the over. Huge, 
huge. Oh, it's going to be KD and Kyrie. I think. Har- <laughs> I was about to say. I think Harden. I meant to say Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is just going to go away. I think he's going to slowly go away. I don't think, based on you know the coaching that Emay did last year, which by the way he was really only good for half a season. Now was yeah. he building up that good coaching for the first half of the season to figure it out? But it was really just after the new year and really kind of, I think, after the Super Bowl or the All-Star break um, that the that the Celtics just looked like world beaters. But before that, they couldn't figure it out. So this yeah. EMA is an incredible coach thing is is only half of a season and definitely really good in the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, you know, and I think um, I think part of that was building up the team. But I think uh, the good thing is he has experience. Like, he came from the Nets. So this isn't weird. Like, he actually has some context. But but yeah, man, I just... Uh, That's a really uh, good point. That is the biggest context here because EMA is probably not getting a head coaching job, but he came from the Nets. Mm-hmm. He was only gone for one year, and now he's going back to the Nets. Who do you think is out of the league first, Kyrie or Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. It might be a tie. They might be all both next year, just gone forever. It's crazy. What a crazy time. Uh, let me ask this. So, something that's not crazy, the Phillies Astros uh, World Series. Um, even though I am seeing it's getting some good ratings. I thought I think I think it hit 11 million viewers the other night. Um, I want to check your interest index. One scale one to ten, how interested in this World Series are you? Take the betting out of it. Just general fan interest. Zero. Now put the betting back in. Three. Okay, I'm at two and a half just because I like watching you guys bet it. I'm not betting it, but I like watching it because I dipped in last night to just in time to see Alvarado give up four in the fifth because the Phillies put in their closer in the fifth in. I, I just like the the Phillies going full Leroy Jenkins with their bullpen. <laughs> yeah. This offseason is my favorite thing. I actually like love it and I respect them what they're doing. I made money on, uh, what was it, uh, two nights ago. So I guess that was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday night. I made some good money on the Phillies with that home run barrage that occurred. And I've got Phillies to win the World Series overall that I placed uh, before the series start. Other than that, I just want the Astros to lose. And then I want to not care about Philadelphia Phillies or Houston Astros. Sure. Until next season starts. It's a marriage of convenience. And that's okay. Sometimes that's just what you got to do. That's all it is right now, man. Um, speaking of convenience, um, this is topical because we were talking about uh, Daniel Snyder and the uh, Washington Commanders and what's going forward, how, what kind of scandals we're going to see. And now there's news that they're selling. Daniel Snyder's hired, I think, Bank of America to explore a sale, which is kind of shocking. He kind of doubled down and he wasn't going to do that. Now he's thinking about it. I Why is ask it you, shocking, Knox? You and I talked about it. He's obviously an avid listener and he listened. Like, how is that shocking to you? I just, I didn't, I didn't know he listened that closely. You know, yes, I thought he was stats, more of a Bible man. binge guy. I didn't realize he listened to the over underachievers. So oh, I yeah. was just, I was just, I was surprised at that. But once I learned that he did listen, well, yeah, it's obvious he's going to listen to us. Do you think if I set the over under on the sale price at $6.76 billion, would you I'm take going over. over? I think You're there's going to be, a, I think there's going to be a seven billion number. <sighs> the, the numbers right now are like 5.6. You're setting the number at 6.76. With the way things are going and the fact that there's an NF- a prime NFL team up for sale that needs a new stadium that will be able to get probably tax money or this, that, and the other, who freaking knows. And it's 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 an older team. It's a – I don't know how to say this properly but because uh, they have so many troubles. But it's it's a storied franchise. Let's say that. It's yeah, not, it is. No, it, it is. It, it's it's, it's a not core. the Jaguars. No, but it's one of those – it has such brand awareness for everyone like you know the good old washington commanders we all know them (laughs) right the name's a little clunky but the the broncos went for 4.65 and that's a pretty prestige 
franchise. I do think there's something to the East Coast of it all, to yes. the Washington, D.C. of it all. Um, to the playing the Cowboys twice a year, playing yeah. in New York once a year. I mean, playing against New York twice a year, but playing in New Jersey against New York once a year. You, you know, know, I'm going to go – I think I would go slight under. I think it's right at like 6.75 because seven – breaking seven, that's – it's well, gonna I think what, if the Broncos got that. I mean, that the, the freaking Waltons and, and Lewis Hamilton probably paid cash for that that purchase. But th- this is, I don't know. This is a, this is a big. This is going to be a big number. A well, and big it's like these Billy teams number. don't come up for sale very frequently, and when they do, the competitive uh, the, the competition is fierce. I know uh, Bezos is going to be in the mix on this one. I think Larry Ellison's going to be in the mix. Michael Dell, I saw, um, and then Byron Allen. Byron Allen, who's like really been groomed, like people want, and and the league needs minority ownership, and they need minority representation, especially in these because um, they teams. have none. They they literally have zero. So any would be good. Um, I, I but I think the bidding is going to be pretty fierce for this uh, particular team. Uh, if you can if you can pressure wash the uh, Snyder stink off, which I think it's going to be, it's going to be one of those commercial grade sprayers. It's not going to be one you can buy at Home Depot. You know? Do you, th- do you think it's convenient that uh, when he finally says? Hey, maybe I'm willing to sell. He's also getting uh, investigated by the government at the same time. Do you think that's uh, coincidence? No, I don't think that has anything to do with it, dog. I, I think that was very much a coincidence. He's like, oh, no, man, this is weird, the timing of this. Um, speaking of timing, let's do our yearly NBA MVP bet conversation where you pick the right person who wins, and I tell you that's a bad <laughs> idea. It's a tradition unlike any other. So <laughs> When I saw this on the sheet, <laughs> I was just thinking, how honest is he going to be in the setup? And you were extremely honest. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, you know who I want to sprinkle a couple of dollars on, but I don't think that's my favorite, being Nikola Jokic. Yeah, um, it's plus eighteen hundred right now. I, I'd love to put a unit on that, ten bucks. But I really think that the answer is going to be Giannis. That's that's who Giannis. I think. Interesting. I think that after Christmas, when NBA really picks up and all that, I think that there's going to be a push by the Bucks, and they're going to be the best team. Okay, I don't hate that, and I'm I'm having to uh, just so you know how I come into this conversation is in my heart I have a feeling, and I know now that that's wrong. That feeling's always wrong in this conversation. So my feeling would be to say I disagree with you, but I have to say I agree with you. Because I don't know understand how this works, right? So I let's like say this was three saying. years ago, and we could have a normal conversation about NBA MVPs, and you would trust me, and we wouldn't have to make fourteen bets and try to cash them out, right? And then you wouldn't listen to me about Embiid or Jokic or anything like that. Who would it have been if this year was back then? Um, man, that's honestly that was a weird question, but I do <laughs> think I follow it actually. <laughs> like a really weird question. Um, I would say. Uh, Jason Tatum. I think I'm interested in Jason Tatum because of the value at plus yeah. 800, or because you actually think that the Celtics are going to be top three team, and he's going to be the best player on in the league ish. With a it's top mostly value centric. To be fair, I think you're actually right. I think Giannis is the move because I think Luca is the momentary. It feels like uh, inevitable, but I can see him getting dinged up. I can see – I'd rather him be doing this later on, and he's doing it now, so I don't like that actually. I'd actually rather watch his odds reduce a little bit. Um, so I like jumping on Giannis because I do think – I think he, I just think he's the best player in the league, and I think they're going to be the best team in the East. Same. So I, like I, it, this feels obvious why we can get plus odds. So I think I'll sprinkle – I'll do Giannis. I'll do a little Tatum, and then um, I'm going to probably put some on – 
Curry. Curry. Curry plus 1,800 is good value. I mean, it's just a big number for, again, once they get past, when we get to the new year and we get past Christmas and it's now NBA season finally, if if he just turns it on like he can and he wants to go for this award, he's able to. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you could have talked me into Booker, but I feel like everyone's lining up to talk such S word to that guy that there's no way he could be MVP. Why? What What did he do? I don't know. I don't know like if he just, just poses too talker? much. I don't know yeah, if it's like, the, the Kardashian angle. But if I'm him, that happened twice. The third time someone does it, I'm starting a brawl. Yes. I'm starting a brawl. You've got to. That to like people are just <laughs> talking down to this man at this point. I, no. I just I, who's the longest shot that you like the best? Mine's probably Butler. Um, I I hate all of them. Um, yeah, I think the Kawhi Leonard one is hilarious to me. Uh, yes, I would say Donovan Mitchell maybe. Or, or Zion, but I don't think Zion will be healthy. I just don't think he D- Donovan Mitchell could be really interesting, especially if his numbers are there on a good Cavs team, wins wise. I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs, but we'll, I'll be happy to have this audio come back at me at that point. But Donovan at plus two thousand, it's kind of interesting. I, yeah. I definitely agree on that one. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go a little bit Giannis, a little bit Tatum. Might even drop some on Luca just because. Um, and I'm following your lead. I have no feedback for you. So. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. And then um, sprinkle a little on Curry. Um, just because of he's made me so much money, I'm going to put a little bit on Nikola. Yeah. Plus 1,800, one unit. And I have no, uh, comment. I have no comment on that. Yeah, thank you. I just don't. I just don't. Um, okay. Let's do. Let's go to our runners here. Uh, we have two, and we just want to like, uh, spend some time on them for a second. So uh, let's talk about this freaking Georgia-Tennessee game. Um, before we talk, do you want to – you want to? let's do the Andre audio here. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, I think so, because it is the basis of a lot of this conversation. Okay, great. So uh, you guys are about to listen to Andre Three Sacks and his feelings about this weekend's game. It's hard to believe we are in week 10 of the college football season. You know, this fall has absolutely flown by. The number one team in the country plays football in Athens on Saturday, but it's not the University of Georgia. 43 weeks ago, Georgia raised the national championship trophy in Indianapolis. This week, Tennessee raised the We Are Number One in November banner. Poor old Georgia. Hopefully they can keep it close like the Pitt Panthers. Georgia will be without their best wide receiver and their best linebacker versus the number one team in the country. Little upstart Georgia is listed as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite versus reportedly the best college football offense to ever take the field. You know, I'm surprised they're still playing the game on Saturday. It sounded like they gave away the trophy to that school in Knoxville this week. Folks are asking me for my prediction on Saturday. If you come for the Kings, you better not miss. Okay, uh, Jason, you listened to that last night. I listened this morning in preparation for this episode. Uh, your response in the thread was uh, effusive. Tell me your thoughts on it. I love the angle that he is taking, mm-hmm. and it is making me so scared to bet on Tennessee, which I have already done pretty big i've bet the money line because i like the value i think it's up to plus 235 now wow, i think i got okay. it at plus 225 for tennessee to win and then tennessee was getting uh i bought a half point to eight and a half tennessee getting eight and a half points is kind of wild and then you listen to the andre audio and if and this is the stance that a lot of georgia people are taking i think it's very smart mm. I want to go back to what we've been encouraging our Tennessee fan listeners to do besides move out of Knoxville Uh is just be calm. You need to go into this 
And my brother is not staying calm. Okay. And a lot of Tennessee fans are getting more and more revved up. If you lose against Georgia at Georgia, it's okay. This still is still an incredible year. This is still a buildup for next season. This is an overachieving year already. Be happy with it. Okay, Do let me let me push not back though. Taunt let me push back the though. dogs. Do not taunt the dogs. Don't push this. What if it's not an achievement? What if to them this is a lightning in a bottle situation and we have uh, some components here that can make a run and we have to do it this year because next year we're going to have a new quarterback. Uh, some wide receivers are going to graduate. There's going to be flux, you know, um, maybe this year is the year we have to do it. I would actually, I would understand that if, if that's your interpretation. I think I'm more interested in the Georgia fans right now because um, coming like beating Alabama, beating Kentucky, after the conversation in the lead up to Kentucky was Kentucky's defense is going to be stout and then really kind of embarrassing Kentucky. I understand and beating that, LSU. Who uh, yeah. Seemingly beating LSU, might be good now somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I still don't buy that, but I, I understand. Um, yeah. So I understand the enthusiasm. I'm more interested in Andre's kind of manifesting this a little bit in the hypersensitivity of the Georgia fans right now. And I, I think it's a, uh, to me, it, it felt like a case study in, um, watching the rise and fall of programs, right? Because arguably Alabama, maybe it's not prime, but it's post-prime program, you know? Like they know the end's kind of coming eventually because Nick Saban just with age. Um, But Alabama feels like a a program that even if they lost by a thousand, after the game, after like a couple hours after the game, they'd be like, we're still going to get to the title game. We'll probably win. You know, just give us a chance and we'll win. Georgia, it feels like they are uh, strawmanning it a little bit. You know, like everyone is saying that Tennessee's the better team, even though Georgia is uh, still favored by more than a touchdown. Isn't that correct? Oh, yes. Very much so. Georgia's playing at home. I think the problem is they are, um, I don't I don't know if embarrassed is the word. They won't acknowledge that their schedule has been terrible. Their schedule outside of Oregon, who that looked like a great win, and then it looked like a terrible win. Now it looks like a great win. That was a great game. It was a great performance. Outside of Oregon, their schedule's been trash. Not particularly their fault because Florida being terrible, like they can't control that, but they did give up points at Kent state, which Kent state, by the way, their offense is very similar to Tennessee, just FYI. Uh, and they got in a weird, weird dogfight with Missouri and that that's going to hurt your resume. So yeah. when you're talking about resume and rankings at this point in the season, I don't understand why George's like, I don't care. Like who cares? We're going, we're going to be there at the end, but they are very preoccupied with this Tennessee program and the Tennessee team and this matchup in a way that makes me very, very interested in the security level of confidence in their team and in their program. And I think you hear it in Andre's voice as well is the idea that it might all be a bit, but you're also, hey, we lost the number one team. You know, what can you do? Like there's some like tint of not Alabama year after year after year going on, like you're saying, like Georgia reached a peak, wants to stay up there and losing to Tennessee at home would be devastating from the Georgia side. So I'm trying to like hedge for the Tennessee people and be like, if you lose, it's okay. If you win, <laughs> celebrate, but be reasonable. <laughs> There's more games to come. Like, But you know what? See, I, I, that's the thing. I don't think it would be devastating logically. I think for the I, psyche I agree with that, but neither of Georgia of these, fans, neither of the these fan of bases fans, are being logical at all. That's the thing. This, for the psyche of Georgia fans, it would be devastating. Even though I feel like you could probably, there'd probably be a conversation if they did lose that they still might sneak into the playoff 
and they could probably do a lot of damage. But I think it has to do with their relationship to the program and the fraughtness of being at the top and just not having been there a lot, you know, not having felt that security in, in your in your coach. And let's say let's say that you and I have no connections to either of these teams. We obviously do. You loved when Lane was at Tennessee. You yes. kept wanting to buy Tennessee merchandise even at the yes. beginning of the year before they were fun. Right. Um, you know, the, the Andre is very close to Georgia. We enjoy rooting for Georgia with Andre. Let's say we are not close to this at all. What is actually going to happen here? The winner of the game, this game is likely to play Alabama in the SEC Championship game, right? Right. Let's say the winner of this game beats Alabama again. Uh-huh. This is how we believe that one of these two teams, both these teams may still end up in the college playoff, especially with how the rankings already are. So it, right. it's going to be interesting to see if a one-loss Georgia or a one-loss Tennessee is ranked above Alabama. But then once Alabama becomes a two-loss team, which I think that Alabama will lose in the SEC championship game to either of these teams, Mm. then I think that the other team that loses this doesn't have to play in the SEC championship game and is back in the playoff. It's actually, uh, weirdly, a better tactical strategy because you're probably still going to get... You don't control your own destiny anymore, which that sucks. But I don't don't know. And And to be clear, like I... Um, I just don't care about either team. I just like, do they entertain me and do they make me money? And both have. So you I, care I have about both of these both. teams. I'm not saying anybody can attack you about these teams, but you do like, you're not just ambivalent to both. The, is that the right word? I don't know. I try to use yeah, the big word. Is, you're a actually. smart guy. <laughs> um, you know, you do care about these teams. You just don't care like these rabid fan fans do uh i'm interested in both i just don't um i don't feel burdened by needing to rationalize something like a performance like i don't need to rationalize the pit close win i don't need to rationalize the missouri close win those are just things right so i I feel like i can be clear-headed in that way about it and that's why because so you obviously think tennessee's going to win like that you're you're do you you more think they're going to win or they're going to cover I definitely more think they're going to cover mm-hmm. from a gambling perspective. I didn't find a bet and I put a lot of money on the Tennessee five units on the Tennessee money line because I think that that is great value for a team that is playing exceptionally well. Yes. If I can get the money line at that, but I more believe the Tennessee is going to cover eight and a half. That's okay. what I believe. That see that's I think that's the interesting bet because if you're if you're sitting here and you're trying to maybe you're a Georgia fan and you're trying to make the case for yourself or a Tennessee fan or you're just interested in the game I think the case for for Georgia to me is um, number one they've been there and they've done that not just in terms of national title but they've been playing a big game for a long time now so there is a program um, pedigree that knows how to act and conduct themselves especially when on the road which Tennessee will be I think Georgia gets up for big games I think sometimes. When you're the elite of the elite programs, the the Vanderbilts, the Missouris bore you, but the Oregon first game of the year, you're ready for that. And I think this will be the game. They, you mean they Georgia gets for. up for big games? I'm sorry, Georgia. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, Georgia. Um, I, I think Georgia's going to be able to take away the Tennessee running game, which is absolutely necessary for Tennessee to be successful in offense. That's the whole Tennessee's whole offense is based on Baylor principles, uh, the R. Browse offense system. Run, run, um, run, big. Play. And they've been able to do it, and they've been able to do it really well. I don't think they'll be able to do it with uh, any measure of success against georgia like they have been uh it's it is at home 
And I don't know that Tennessee's played as disruptive of a defensive lineman like Jalen Carter yet. And that's right. that's a whole thing unto itself. Now Nolan Smith being out stinks for Georgia. That if is if you want to talk about nothing. the case for Tennessee, Nolan Smith being out is a big one. Nolan Smith being out, especially this week, is a big one. Um, I think Georgia, in terms of their defensive secondary, they're weaker man to man. They're just not as good man to man. Tennessee's going to make you play man to man. I think if this turns into a shootout, do you trust Georgia to score on pace with Tennessee? I trusted Bryce Young too, and I and I bet that I don't I don't trust Georgia not because of any other reason. I just they have outside receivers that I don't believe in yet. I believe in their tight ends. I kind of believe in Stetson. I don't love their running game. I wish it was better. I wish it could control the game more. Um, but I don't believe in outside receivers. But that gets back to what is Tennessee's defense? I was impressed with them right. against Kentucky, but I don't know that they've played like a good good offense. Like Georgia is, and Georgia is an efficient offense. They're not explosive. They, you can manipulate some stats to say they are explosive. Twenty yards, yes. Beyond twenty yards, they are not explosive. They cannot. They're in the bottom third of the NCAA, so that's going to be a problem. I think Nolan Smith injury. You still got a newish defensive coordinator who is not as creative with his looks, um, and I don't know that Georgia's faced a legit offense yet. So you don't know what that speed is yet. You don't know what that tempo is yet. So I, man, I am at a real impasse because I think if I had to guess, I think Tennessee covers. I think Georgia wins because I'm a big believer in you can't level. I, I think you have to slowly level up as a program. And I, I, I just don't think you can start from here and get to I'm winning the national championship. I, th- I think you have to get to an SC championship, lose, get back, win, get to a playoff, lose, get back, win, get to title, lose, get back, win. I like that trajectory more. Georgia's done that. You know, that's kind of been their path. And maybe this is the rare meteor um, where Tennessee just blows the doors off everybody, like Joe Burrow's offense with LSU, and it doesn't matter. But I think it does, especially playing this game in Athens. I just think it's going to be a little different. And that's the, that LSU team is where a lot of Tennessee fans need to calm down. When yeah. you win the national championship as decisively as they did, and then you look back on the entire season, and it was just like, whoa, that was incredible. And you have numbers like Joe Burrow did that year. Then let's let's finish out this season with a natty Tennessee before we start comparing <laughs> before you start comparing yourself to that LSU team. But that is the model for taking one giant leap out of nowhere yeah. and it and it working home or away. I yeah. don't know if Tennessee is going to be able to do that against this Georgia defense. But you mentioned one thing that from a gambling perspective, I am very interested in taking a look at, which is the props for Brock Bowers and Mm -hmm. Darnell Washington, the two Georgia tight ends. I think that they are going to have a huge day. I like over, I like over receptions for both of them and probably a touchdown for each of them. Yeah. Cause I think there's going to be points. And to me, because uh, we talked about it in the text a little bit, for me, my strategy if I'm Georgia is what I thought Alabama was going to do is sit on the ball, frustrate, slow down Tennessee, and make it to where if they have uh, a stall drive or a four and out, it's going to cost them like a 48-play, 15-minute drive that Georgia just sucks the life out of their tempo. And I think that's the strategy. To, so in that respect – if you're thinking Georgia's going to do that, then points are going to be diminished. But I think they're going to possess the ball with dink and dunks to the tight ends. And I don't know that Tennessee can match up with the tight ends in that way, you know? So I saw there's like uh, the total for points 66, 
The spread's eight, eight and a half ish, depending on where you look. The Tennessee team total points is 28 and a half, and the Georgia team total points is 37 and a half. Those totals seem a little weird to me. I don't know where I'm going to land. I think I'm going to try to hit up those team totals because they just seem a little interesting and there's some opportunity there. But uh, I didn't know if either of those struck your fancy. The team totals are weird because if the game goes one of these other ways that we're talking about, maybe Georgia just goes for points and wins huge. Mm-hmm. And then if you start getting on the Tennessee total points, when you say it looks weird, 28 and a half, you think it's, it should be more? Or yeah. what, what are you thinking there? Because if, think, you, if you if you think it should be more, take that over. Because 28 and a half for this Tennessee team. And if Georgia's scoring, Tennessee's going to have to keep scoring. So they either get blown out or they go way over 28 and a half is what I would say. That's the thing. It's like it, it's really just you have to you have to commit to a certain kind of anticipation of the game. Like what do you think is going to happen? I do think Georgia's going to win. I do think they're going to slow the game down. So even though that 28 and a half with this Tennessee team that I feel like could do that in a quarter feels weird. I think given my interpretation of the game, I feel like I am going to take the under just because I feel like it's going to be one of those weird games that's very slow, very unassuming when we're all expecting Bama, Tennessee part two, you know? I wonder if you take the over, I mean the under, and then maybe there's a cash out like halfway through the third quarter, and then you take that cash out because here comes all the points. I can definitely see that happening. I was looking at a first half under two. I think it's like 31 points maybe or 33 points. Um, and then the second half is the inverse. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm so excited to watch this. I'm so do excited. You, do you want to know what the best part about this game is for me personally? What? I get to go to a neighbor's Friendsgiving okay. on Saturday at 4 o'clock Eastern when this game okay. starts at 3.30 Eastern. So I went ahead and threw one of my neighbors under the bus right. on like the 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 court um the cul-de-sac text thread yeah i was like hey blank name was wondering if this game was going to be on because he's got money on the game and he's he is very interested in watching it sure that's a great way to accept it yeah so he texted me on the side and he was like i'll take that bullet for you i want this game on too (laughs) i think that's great and i just want again i want to reiterate when you say uh, this is in my court thread when this is a conversation about our court, everyone else hears that you're in a legal problem. You're in a legal situation. Okay. So I, I, am, in a, clean I am in a legal situation. I do not want to go to this event because this freaking game is on. See, uh, it's, uh, it's Rose birthday Saturday. And so what he wants to do is he, he wants to go, uh, my parents have like a barn, like where you can hang out and do cool stuff or whatever. Um, and we're gonna take the screen, the projector, get some food and just oh, chill. Oh man. Out. He said, I didn't, I didn't force that on him. I was like, did he ask for me to come? I think that Um, there's an invitation if I need to. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, but maybe I can tell my wife and my neighbors. I'm not able to make it because this was the only thing he asked for. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do like a retroactive Godfather situation? Like this is my godson. (laughs) Yes. It it did just happen a day ago, but you know, let's not litigate. It's so important to know. He picked me. We wait, we wait until he was old enough that he picked me. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man now. So he's, he is, he's making his choices. Uh, we'll, we'll talk off air. We'll figure that out. We'll sort that out. Um, let's go second over, over under here. And, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about survivor. Um, are you current with the, uh, current season? I'm current and I cannot wait for this topic because I need some, I need some context. Okay, so I, I I wanted to ask you, uh, probably one of. I, By the way, spoilers ahead. We are going to talk about the yes. episode from the week of. Well, it was last night. It was a uh, eleven two. Yeah, if you didn't November see 2nd. the November second episode, we probably will accidentally spoil some stuff. So maybe zip on on to the end. Um, but in, in a cast with really great personalities, um, 
I feel like one is starting to be highlighted more and more, and that is Mr. Gabler. Uh, whereas uh, Party City and some other guys, I feel like we're front and center. Uh, now it's a, it feels like a Gabler show, and I don't know if they're setting him up to be voted out next week or if he's actually going to be the hero of the season. So I wanted to ask you, where do you believe Gabler will finish on this season of Survivor? I've said it at three and a half. Uh, and if you take the over, that means you think he's going to f- uh, finish in the final three. And if you say under, that means, you know, uh, gets voted out next week or in the subsequent weeks. I need to know if in past seasons there was a player this messy and this not liked in general that doesn't get voted out. Like, don't these players always get voted out? Well, okay, it's tricky because the 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 problem with interpreting Gabler right now is the divergence of opportunities for what kind of player he could become. Him engineering the ouster of Ellie, that's that was pretty good. That was impressive. I think that was less. But he him burned more. a lot of bridges to get that done. Uh, but did he though? I don't know that he did. He looks sloppy. He looks uh, inconsistent and unreliable. And that generally turns into a player that they call the uh, goat. I call him a donkey because you just bring him to the end with you. Um, but it's someone who they know is not a threat. No one's going to vote for him. Hasn't played a good game. So they're an unthreatening person. I could see him becoming that. But then we get this weird um, during the immunity challenge uh, montage where he is like doing a telethon. Like I'm doing this minute for this person. And now he is a uh, enthusiast for the military veterans. We get a backstory. We get pictures. We get context on Gabler. That's all more consistent with a long-term player than a, He's going home next week. So I don't, I don't, I totally agree. They're not doing that entire thing. They could have edited that out. And they, you know, there were some giggles about some, some of the minutes that he dedicated minutes to people were more on the funnier side or like the more dedicated side. But most of the minutes. He was being funny. I don't think he was ever, when he dedicated a minute to Idaho, I don't think he was being funny. I think he was like, I freaking love Idaho. (laughs) I think that's your potatoes. I'm hoping that was one of the more funnier ones. No, he but doesn't. The rest like a of funny them, I know we're genuinely sincere. Yes, right. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not picking at those. But the fact that they showed a ton of them, and one of them was Idaho, was yeah. like they could have done that edit with no backstory, no background pictures. You know, like none of that stuff. They gave him a hero's edit in that situation. Sure did, and it was very, very interesting. They sure I did. Don't, it- Look, does, does anybody get voted out the next week after getting one of those edits on Survivor? Yeah, sometimes even this season, I can't remember the the woman who was voted out first, but she was like had the rainbow dress or whatever. But they gave her the here's my childhood pictures, here's where I grew up, blah blah blah. Like the spent time on the pre production and the post production. So sometimes it's like a false positive. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. And I think also in addition to this, this is somewhat of a recent tr- uh, a trend on Survivor. It's not the best players who are winning now. They are getting snuffed out. There's almost like this um, vicious musical chairs where all the good players eliminate each other. And what's left are the glorious idiots who never got into the mix. And I think the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, you can make the case that there's a lot of glorious idiots. And I think Gabler is the perfect glorious idiot who is just like, I don't, they were talking over by the well. I don't really know, but I'm just here to like not make friends, but be cool and chill. And Gabler addressed it in the episode. He said, I was coming above the surface. I had to do what mm. I had to do because Ellie crossed me, right? Like in a very Mike way, but less, is that Mike from last season, the firefighter, right? Yes, that's right. That's who he reminds me of. That's who he reminds me of, but he's not as likable. 
The no, he's not, like not very like he's not as messy either. I don't think he My- is messy. Like that that move on Ellie to just go spit against your own tribe to everybody the second that the merge happened or whatever is like that's messy. Is that not it's, messy? It it is messy, but it's accidentally genius because they were going to do that to him. He just didn't know that, right? So it's yeah. like it's almost like when you play such a um, basic B word game like Gabe was playing. You don't get into the weirdness of all the high level game theory. Like I feel like Jesse could write a thesis on God right now in the game and he would be right. But I don't think him and Gabler are speaking the same language. And when that's happening, it's very unpredictable because you just have people speaking totally different languages about strategy. So I, I, I think I would, I would take the over. I think Gabler is going to be in the final three. I don't think he's going to be in the final three, man. I think that they're going to get rid of him in the next couple. Who who are you gravitating to in terms Sammy. of like I like you like okay you like Sammy Mahomes Sammy Mahomes Jr. S- yes, and the fact that he lied about his age is just wild to me. I get it. He only lied by like what two or three years. Okay, but he seems to be playing the best game. What? <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. I feel like he. I I don't think he will win just because he wears his youth so obliviously. I don't think he does. I think he's doing a great job. I think lying about your on age what? by like 18 months is that. Right? <laughs> know, it's like, this will be a big deal. And they like, don't know that don't yet. Care. But it's also like how he talks. If you've noticed, he talks like a halting adolescent, you know, like explaining why he drank the rest of the milk and didn't put the cap on, but left it in the fridge. Everyone's just like, what's, I don't know, what's going on here? What's going on here, Sammy? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> I like him though. My favorite guy's James. I love James. I would, he would immediately become like one of probably in the, him and Ryan are getting, getting attention. I hate Ryan. I really don't like Ryan. You hate him on the game of survivor or you hate him because I think he seems like a very, very super nice guy that okay. probably this, is not going to win survivor. He's definitely not going to win survivor um, because he's always on the wrong side, which is just like, uh, I think is it Jan- yeah, Janine is it Janine or I, I'm getting Justine and, and the girl Cassie. with like, the ringworm on her chin. It looks like. Oh yeah. Actually she just, got scraped up pretty badly. Yeah. Pretty early on. She, I feel like she's a really good player, but she's never on the right side of the vote. And like, you can I see think she's eyes. not a really good player and she's starting to, she's starting to break down. Like, I, I think if Ellie's still here, she's a good player, but now she's getting exposed you right, know, for the reliance exactly, on that. Yeah. But, um, Ryan, I feel like is your, honestly, I don't know his backstory. Like, I don't know what he does, but if you told me he was a, uh, pastor or youth minister, I would be like, yep, 100%, because presents as nice and agreeable, but when it's high pressure, he's screaming at James to look at him, and like, why didn't you look at me, bro? We could have won this challenge, bro. Like, <laughs> he folds, like, in the trenches. I don't blame like, him in that moment. Bag. James, like, just went, like, he was just staring down and just started wobbling all over the place. That was a Because good- Ryan was, like, step forward, and James was like, where? There is nowhere to step, my guy. Like, what, don't scream at me about this. I think I, Ryan gave constructive feedback in the sure. moment, which is always mm-hmm. better than waiting a week or two and, and rehashing it. Um, yeah. I, I think that that was a good interaction, good communication between Yeah, socially, he is just very adept. I think he's going to be great. I, I, just, I love James. I love his voice. I love his vibe. Um, I, I just, definitely love his vibe. God, his vibe's the best, but I'm worried that he's going to get voted out because they seem to be gunning for him. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, it's a it's a strange season because I like everybody right now. Yeah. I really like Cassidy. I like Carla. I, I like think Carla. Carla was going to be like interesting at all, but she is such a good player. So I'm I'm looking forward to see where it goes. I really like Jesse, like you were referencing earlier. He's just such an interesting character on the show this season from a perspective of like he doesn't look or appear like intellectual. 
Yeah. But then he really, really seems to be. And then he yes, has an he incredible is. backstory. Yeah. I can definitely see him winning. And then that, in my opinion, that would buck the trend. And I, if he won, if Jesse wins, I think that that would be a good player winning. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I, I thought the way um, this show subtly emphasizes that he's a good player is he sees the opportunity to not go for James, go for uh, who he didn't want Dwight. He wanted somebody else instead. Um, I can't remember who now. Noel? Was it Noel? I don't know. Anyways. Yes. Yes. He, okay. He wanted a different player, but his alliance was like, no, I want Dwight. And instead of like getting in a pissing match, he was like, well, I still kind of want Dwight eventually. So I'll roll with Dwight. Very malleable, very open for reason and understanding and like socially very pliant. I, so I thought that's a great showcase of his ability to adapt and survive. So I love it, man. I love Jesse. I love the show. I love the season of the cast. I'm so glad they're not doing hourglass thing again. It's just, we're in a great place with survivor. We really, really are. Did you see the, uh, SNL sketch from this week where, uh, our boy shows up? No, who I need to send it to you. I don't want to No, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, uh, the first sketch of the Jack Harlow SNL uh, episode. Watch it. It's about a wedding where the best man dresses up like, like Joker and the bride's upset but they did have their wedding on Halloween night. So there's a debate in a tribal council about, can you dress up as Joker uh, if they make you have a, a wedding on Halloween night? So it's very good. It's very good. <laughs> oh, so Jeff's the boy that shows up, right? No, I'm not going to say that. I don't know that. You don't know No, that. you said that our boy show up, and now we got a tribal council. It's got to be Jeff. If it's not it could Jeff, be Sammy. Then... It could be Sammy. You don't know. You don't Jack know. Harlow next to Sammy? Is that, that's, that'd be hilarious. be great. It would be great. Um, okay, let's go to Kim Eclipse as a pin. And let me just set the stage here. I'm sitting at 9.25 points. 0.75 I'm points. I'm and aware. And I, I, I clinched this thing. So, um, you know, are you like, just talk to me. Are you feeling nervous right now? Nope. Nope. And me being confident during cameo closest to the pen has been going super well for me lately. Yep. Yep. So here we go. We now have families playing at home. Now, the problem is one of our <laughs> listeners and our uh, somebody that interacts with us on Twitter is playing with his 13-year-old daughter. And she's okay. like, okay, what's Taylor Swift's number? What's other pop people's number? Like, so yeah. I think, you know, maybe you got to broaden who all is on Cameo. Maybe go to some lesser known people. I don't think that uh, the Taylor Swift's of the world are on Cameo. Okay. Okay. I, I'm okay with going to pop stars. But I like the at home edition. I love that. I, I love that home edition. I, I don't know why they don't have their own trivia, like a game board. This would be such a good game. Um, I feel like for the fragile Georgia fans right now who are just on a precipice, Fake I feel fragile. like we should go it's, with it's, a... It's an underlying of confidence. It, it, it is, uh, maybe. Uh, I think we should go Georgia-centric <laughs> person instead of a Tennessee-centric because I want to respect them and their fragility at this point. So we're going to pick a former Georgia Bulldog, current NFL player, uh, who I think we all enjoyed last year and thought he should have been drafted higher, Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. Now, is this Nicobe Dean before he got drafted, after he got drafted low... Or now that he maybe isn't playing as well as we would have liked for him to be. This is Nicobe Dean as of this moment on this day in this month in this year. I'm wondering when he set his price. You know what I mean? It's a great question. It's a great question. All right. I'm ready. You got yours? I wish I knew his jersey number. Um, Wasn't he 40, 45 maybe? He's 17 on the Eagles. I think he was 17. I think you're right. Well, yeah, he was 17. Yeah, he was 17 I wasn't Georgia. really right. <laughs> Once you said you were, it, it made more sense. So half a point to me, I guess. Yeah. So I'll do, uh, instead of 0.25, I'll do uh, 0.125. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, okay. 
God, this is hard. Uh, all right, I've got my number. My number is $100. I've got 71. I'm, I'm going 17 backwards. I'm going to win. Nicobe Dean, scroll, scroll. Nicobe Dean is $75. $75. Oh my gosh. $75. Is it this. closest without going under? Nope, it is not. It is not. It is not. That would be weird. That would be weird. Uh, Mr. McCoy, you have won this round of Cameo Closest to the Pin. I would like to spend some of our advertising dollars that we're getting on a belt, on a Cameo Championship belt that we get to keep if we are the reigning champion. I love you know? it. I love it. Okay. Now we just need some ads. So we'll, we'll <laughs> Now we just need that money. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Over Under Achievers. Before you go, please remember to follow the show on Twitter at OU Achievers and on Instagram at Over Under Achievers. Also, if you want to spread the word, you can do so by leaving a five star rating and review. That's great. But the thing that helps best is sharing the show with a friend. Word of mouth always helps us out the most. I'm Knox. He's Andre's audio. He's Jason. And who's the man? Bad, 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 bad.